this thing on? Because it's getting ready to be on. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Bell Ringer. Thank you so much for listening. My name is Greg Pukerke. I'll be your host. Today, my guest is Liz Callahan from Buffalo Manufacturing Works. She runs a new program that's come out of the Buffalo Billion 2 initiative called Shift for small and medium-sized manufacturers to help them in the innovation and, and research process and with new equipments and new, new technologies. Super interesting episode. Great for manufacturers that are thinking about Buffalo. So give it a listen. Rate us on iTunes after. And thank you to local Buffalo band Marquee Grand for the intro music. Thank you, guys. All right. Well, thank you very much for coming in. I appreciate your time. Yeah, thanks for having me. Of course. So for those that don't know, what is Buffalo Manufacturing Works? So Buffalo Manufacturing Works is a business unit of EWI, and we are located in Buffalo to help uh, manufacturers invest in, implement, and learn about innovative technologies so that they can better compete and grow. Um, So in Buffalo here, we focus on additive manufacturing, robotics and automation, um, metrology and inspection, as well as a little bit in advanced materials. And then we also have a business unit in Columbus, Ohio, and a business unit in Colorado. And what is your role at Buffalo Manufacturing Works? So I run the SHIFT program, which is a new program, part of the Buffalo Billion Two initiative uh, that helps small and medium-sized manufacturers, specifically in the region, learn about, get ready for, and implement new and innovative technologies. And we do this through a series of steps, starting with a business assessment, where I come in and talk to the company about who they are, what their goals are, sort of where they are in technology adoption currently. Then we have workshops that are part of this program. All of these steps are at no cost to the manufacturer. The workshops range from strategic planning to ideation to we just did one yesterday on robotics and automation, um, high level, you know, what kinds of robots are out there, what does implementation look like. And then once our cohorts have gone through the workshops, we move into an innovation audit where one of our engineers and myself come in, walk the floor, talk to your team about what you're looking for, what some of your goals are, and how we can help identify opportunities for technology to help achieve those goals and give you that roadmap to say, here's some opportunities, here's where we think you've got um, places that you can either use automation or new technology or new material to improve your process or build out a new product line, um, and then give you that plan for the next year or so on some quick wins of what you can do. How often do you try to get out into the community and and do site visits and stuff like that? How important is that to what you do in your learning? It is the most important part. I feel like uh, in the last six months of the program's been running, we've iterated a lot of our workshops and our questions and the things that we're doing based on the feedback from the manufacturers I've met with. So I am probably out meeting with manufacturers a few times a week, um, always looking to connect with more people, give them that business assessment, which again, no cost to them gives them a snapshot and an hour to just sit down and talk about where they are what their strategy is and i don't think we all do that enough you know you hear the working in your business versus working on your business so taking that time with a impartial person uh, to think about what you're doing and where you're going and then bringing those companies into our space for these workshops and giving them tours and showing them what they're working on and how it may connect to what they're doing Do you ever have conversations with 
the workforce at these places instead of just the management, but to see how this, you know, if this technology were to be implemented, how does the workforce feel about using it and, you know, how, how capable do they feel once they're trained, stuff like that? We do, and we have it occasionally in the business assessment, but then also it's part of our innovation audit to talk to some of the team about what pieces of this are hardest for you, where do you see struggles, and then how do you feel about new technologies coming in, what would some of the transition look like, so that we can give them that in the roadmap as well to say, if you're bringing in a cobot or an automation system, this is what it's going to look like, this is who some of your champions are, and then it also helps us understand where some of the safety ergonomic issues might be. So when we talk about automation, looking at things that are um, dirty or dark or repetitive and seeing where we can um, automate some of those things. So talking to the people who are doing those jobs every day is really helpful. I love taking manufacturing tours um, in part because it's just really cool to see the things that are made here, what people are doing, how they've grown, but it also gives me a chance to usually talk to some of the, the team and say, you know, where do you see this company going in the next few years? What do you like about working here? Um, where do you see yourself in the next few years? And really thinking about upskilling people and how they can be a part of these new technologies. And this is a new program, right? This is a brand new program. Yeah, we launched in December. So it's been six months of getting you know our first cohort through some of the workshops and business assessments and really iterating and learning what manufacturers need and what they're learning, looking for and uh, help them out. And how do you define a small and medium-sized manufacturing company? So we use uh, the Small Business Association definition, so under 500 employees. I would say right now our sweet spot really seems to be in the 50 to 200 employees, but I've worked with manufacturers as small as an eight-person contract job shop uh, up to a 350-person manufacturer. So anything under 500 would qualify for the shift program. Okay. And what, I guess more generally, what role do you think advanced manufacturing will play in the future of our economy? Obviously, it was it's always kind of been like the the bedrock of Buffalo's economy, and it remains that today even as we've diversified and and our resurgence has gone on. So what role do you think it plays in the future? I think manufacturing is a big part of the future of uh, Buffalo's renaissance, and I think it's part that we don't talk about enough. Um, We talk about a lot of the history, but also just seeing where manufacturing can grow in the region as more companies are either growing or opening up here and bringing manufacturing back to the U.S. We are you know, really centrally located for exporting. We have a great infrastructure. We have a workforce that has a history with manufacturing. So I think as more companies are looking to grow their manufacturing base and bring those jobs back to the, uh, to the country, we are really positioned to be a part of that. And then the other side is we have co- companies here that are doing amazing things that people don't always know about in some cases because they can't talk about them publicly, right. um, but also just because they don't know that, you know, what Moog is doing in the aerospace field or what Bach is doing building tablets. Um, and so I see a lot of the innovation that's happening being driven in this region and being able to help our, our economy continue on the path that it's been on. And how important is is it for these small and medium-sized manufacturers to utilize this new technology? You mentioned cobotics and additive manufacturing, and we just talked about uh, Back USA. I know they utilize cobotics when they're assembling their tablets. Um, so for these small manufacturers to start to 
uh, be able to use this equipment and utilize your organization to kind of test it and see if it's the right fit. How important is that? Yeah, I mean, technology and innovation is the future of manufacturing for a number of reasons. Uh, you know, we're in a very competitive time. Things are changing really quickly, so you always want to be lighter, faster, cheaper, um, and to be able to compete with other parts of the country, other parts of the world, we need to be investing in these technologies, but also to help with some of the issues that manufacturers are facing that may not directly be a technology issue. So Cobotics is a great example of a way that a company can look at the issues they may be facing from a workforce, safety, or ergonomic situation and help overcome those through an automation Cobotics tool. So the Back USA is a great example because they didn't want to automate their entire system and just have uh, you know, no human touch. Their goal is to have humans engaged in building their tablets, but there was a part of their um, tablet that people hated doing. They had to screw in this really tiny screw and it was hard to do and it was easy to make a mistake. And so their workforce hated doing it. It was an issue when it came to um, making sure that things were done correctly and that you didn't have scrap. And so we were able to work with them to find a cobotic solution to say, you're still having the human touch of building most of the tablet. When they get to this one point that's really annoying and maybe has an ergonomic issue, they're gonna utilize the uh, cobot, which they've named and has become part of their team um, to do that piece for them and then send that back out so that they can finish it. So you're not getting rid of the human aspect, you're finding ways to make it more efficient and better for the, um, the employees and the workforce who are doing those jobs. It's also really a way to be more competitive on a global scale. So people look at um, what China's doing and bringing in a lot of robots. They want to bring in something like 200% more robots into their manufacturers in the next few years. And so being able to compete with them on efficiency and safety and all of those standards um, is really important for our manufacturers to compete on that scale. Are companies typically coming to you with issues in process, or is it in engineering? What do, what do you most often see? Uh, it runs a gamut, but I will say we are getting a lot of people who are looking at the process of implementation. So looking at their own processes and saying, we know what we need to do, but we don't know the right place to go to get the right robot or the right technology, or we know that there's a way we can automate this or we can use additive to do this prototype. How do we get started? Where do we make that investment? And one of the roles of Buffalo Manufacturing Works and of the SHIFT program is to help de-risk some of those investments so that we don't hear the horror stories of, well, I spent all of this money on a new robot and it's not bringing in or doing what I need it to do and it's not going to return have the return on investment that I'm looking for. So we can help de-risk some of that through our innovation audit and technology road mapping to say, here are some opportunities for innovation, here's what you need to be looking at questions that we can ask um, integrators and people who are going to help you bring that in. What do you think some of the uh, advancements or, or trends in advanced manufacturing are going to be when we look back on this, when we re-listen to this podcast, you know, five or ten years from now? Um, I think additive is a huge piece and it's fairly new in the metal uh, space. I know a lot of people are doing things in plastics and a lot of those machines have come down in price and people have hobby plastic uh, 3D printers at home and students and artisans are doing some really cool stuff but metal additive has such a high ceiling of possibility and things that we can do. We are working with companies right now who are looking to print magnesium, things that 
uh, can be put in the body and dissolved and be absorbed to help with things like flat feet and bone issues. And it's amazing and really early stage, but just cool things that um, I don't even think people were thinking about a few years ago. So it's early in that, but it's going to be help us uh, print things that are lighter, that are cheaper, that are easier, um, and that eventually in like, things like the medical field can really change the game. And do you think that with the resources we have, including Buffalo Manufacturing Works, and you mentioned our, our Buffalo's good location for exporting, do you think this is a good region to be attracting new companies in those advancing fields? I think so, and I think specifically to additive, you know, we have Buffalo Manufacturing Works, you also have companies like Post Process who are doing a lot of work in the additive field, and so building that sort of community and that ecosystem that brings companies in to see you have the support system around when it comes to research and when it comes to um, early stage work, but then also, again, taking out some of the risk and working on is this even feasible? So we have this great idea, is it something we can actually do? And then with the Northland Corridor opening up and bringing all of the manufacturing um, support systems, the Workforce Training Center, uh, Buffalo Manufacturing Works, Insight Consulting, under one roof and really creating a hub for manufacturers is gonna show all of the things that we can do for companies that are either currently in the area and looking to grow or that are looking to move into a new area. Yeah, you read my mind. That was the next thing I was going to ask about was your move there. So um, I guess how excited are you for that? And I'm probably the most excited, <laughs> not just because we're getting a GG's, um, right. although that's a big selling point. I, I think when you see everything that's happened on the medical campus over the last, um, I mean, even few years, but decade or so, to think that we could have something similar when it comes to manufacturing where a company could walk in and turn in one direction and talk about technology and innovation, turn in another direction and get help and support on workforce and hiring, work with insight on process improvement, and really have all of that working together so that when we're training people in the training center, they can lean on us for what's the next technology we should be talking about. We can lean on them when it comes to internships and bringing people in and create some synergies that I think are really going to help the entire industry grow. It's an exciting time. I'm excited for what it can do for that neighborhood and really working within the east side to help them uh, grow and become a part of this renaissance and resurgence. And for those that don't know, um, what other partners are kind of going towards or to Northland and creating that Northland corridor? Yeah, so the first, uh, I think the first move in is the Workforce Training Center, which is Maybe I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure opening in the fall. I know that they're recruiting their first class and they've been doing some really great work on connecting all of their partners. Um, so they will be focused on training and job placement for the manufacturing and energy sectors. And then our partners who uh, Insight Consulting, they're a partner on the SHIFT program and we work closely with them, are moving in with us as well. And so they do a lot of work on process improvement, lean manufacturing, they're also involved in the startup ecosystem um, and they've been really a great support to the SHIFT program when it comes to things like ideation, identifying improvements and thinking about your entire company and where we can start to make those adjustments. Great, I, I mean, that's gonna be such a monumental change for the city and the last couple of guests I've had on the podcast it seems to keep coming up as well. I think we're all really excited for it. I remember being in at the press conference a few years ago and I remember this because I got terribly sunburned because <laughs> we were sitting outside hearing about the Workforce Training Center and what they wanted to do with this building and just 
the buzz around it and making sure that you know we get this right from the outset and all of the work that's led up to you know now it's actually coming and we're going to be there and we're going to move in and the training center is going to open and we're going to have these opportunities it's really exciting time in manufacturing right and there's going to be a ggs and there's going to be a ggs <laughs> exactly so. all right well then i have a blizzard round for you oh gosh a couple hard-hitting journalistic questions okay are you ready I think I am. I listened, so I may have cheated. Oh, man. That is not going to be... I mean, I should have changed the questions that you <laughs> listen, but... All right. If you were a flavor of ice cream, what would you be? Panda Paws. Book or TV show that you'd recommend? Ooh. All right. I'm going to recommend The Good Place. If you haven't watched it yet, it's amazing. Um, I'm not going to spoil anything, but you'll binge it probably in, like, two days. Okay. Netflix? I think it's on Netflix, season one at least. I don't know about season two yet. See, that's a new question. That is a new question. Recently. Changed it up on me. Year. Yeah. Uh, text or phone call? Text. Bills or sabers? Bills. Hiking or skiing? Hiking. That was hard because really, ideally, no, thank you. But hiking. <laughs> hiking I'm getting into this year. I would probably pick neither. Yeah. I want to hike. The last but... hike I went on, my coach made us wear weight vests. And so, like, it's not an enjoyable hike. It's not, like, a look-at-nature hike. It's, right. like, a working hike. And no. that's different. So if it's, like, a nice, slow pace, yeah. maybe bring a picnic hike, that sounds yeah, nice. Yeah, I want a leisurely hike yeah. with a few breaks. Yeah. Take a few pictures. That's perfect. Yep. Not, like, a working hike. Right. And last question, the biggest one, chicken wings, drumstick or flat? Flat. No question. Okay, I'm a drumstick person. I know, I heard. Oh, it I, was, it I try not to say it every episode yeah. <laughs> because I know I listen to a lot listen. of episodes. I really oh, needed really? to prepare. Well, that's cool. So, yeah. You nailed it. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> All right, well, thank you very much for coming on. I really appreciate your time. Thank you. Bell Ringer is a podcast by Invest Buffalo Niagara, the region's privately funded nonprofit marketing and economic development organization. Please rate this podcast, follow our social media channels, and read our blog at buffaloniagara.org for the best of Buffalo Niagara. Come grow your business with us.